Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello there. Here we are. We should explain what day it is today. Yes. Okay, so today is Thursday. So tomorrow, I actually have plans on Friday night. So this is not something that's occurred on the regular for like, I don't know, three years now. So in order for me to be able to do this life thing, I we're going to record tonight. So Thursday. So we're talking about Monday through Thursday. And depending on how the weekend goes, we'll either throw in the Friday in the same recording or you'll probably get like a part two at some point on the weekend. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So I don't know about you, but like I had like annoyances a little bit this week. Oh, and tell me, tell me. The first set of annoyances was Dex and Joss and their anger. Oh, heck yes. Heck yes. Break it down. So like, I, I could, of course I can understand you're disappointed, right? You're disappointed because this is all about you guys getting to be together in the way that you want to be. But Dex of all people, like his outrage outrages me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. You took a job where you could die, okay, or report someone to the police, and you're like, oh, man, this is tough, and and right now, death is not necessarily his main option. The other option is to relocate. Um, Exactly. And he doesn't want to do that. He's all like, oh, this is terrible. But it's just like, Dex, like, why can't you just admit? Like, even even Michael was like, is it, you know, it's about Joss. So it's just like you took this job and now you like, like the boss's sister and that upsets you. I'm like, you realize it doesn't have, it doesn't relate at all. Like you took this job. What Michael is telling you about the job is perfectly within his rights. It's perfectly fine. I it just, it bugs me that Dex can't separate the fact that he ended up falling for Jaws. I'm like, this is business. Be professional. You know how we feel about this, right? Like when Valentin used to bug me at work or when Curtis used to show up <laughs> and bug Jordan at work. This is one of those things where I'm like, Dex, dude, not profesh. No, and I felt the same way with Jaws and her outrage towards Michael making the decision. Like, how dare he? change his mind and then you know Dex is breaking down well family you all of this and she was just so willing to run away with somebody that what she slept with five times and has been with for three months so that's the thing there with her right so she's so outraged I just felt like I don't know why you were so on board with this plan like as mad as you were at Sunny I just feel like you hear Michael doing this, it should alarm you. But let's be real. Dex and Joss are so fixated on what they want. And yes, she found mm-hmm. out. And all she wants is Dex the way she wants him, which is not working for Sunny. Regardless of her, you know, probably renewed love or likeness for Sunny over the past couple episodes. Well, that's what's funny. It's because we're used to Joss being, so we're seeing in a, how she's using kind of like her youth and how that transfers into being an adult and managing that in the middle space, right? Because she's so used to one being competitive, getting what she wants, the yeah. way she wants it. And when she doesn't, it feels like the end of the world. So watching her go through this kind of both of them really, because they're quite similar, this adult version of a tantrum to be together 
was so interesting. It was. And I love how you said use her youth because her youth was showing in these moments, right? Yes. <laughs> like, but daddy, I love him. Like, how could you change your mind? It's like Michael has every right to change his mind and like not blow up his family. Given that his wife could die, he just thought peace, unity, right? It's not a terrible decision. And, and so with her being like, I'm going to run away with you. I was like, are you serious? Like, do you, I don't even, I don't even think you mean what you're saying right now. Even Dex thought it was ridiculous. He's like, but you're pre-med and you have your family and your sisters and this and that and this and that, like he could see the long list of things that he knows are completely ridiculous to give up for being on the run with him. But I do love the way he broke it down. So it was kind of like Esme this week. Like, you've never worked a day in your life, but you're going to run away, away from your privilege and money. And for love? (laughs) (laughs) No, for like. For like? Or like like each other a lot? Yeah, like, I mean, even even me, I'm like, you're really going to give up being a doctor to just follow (laughs) Dex around? I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like, I know she didn't mean it. She was just really upset and really just didn't want to deal with the idea of not being with him. But yes, I do like the fact that, you know, Dex, given the opportunity to kind of have a say, chose not to kind of like push his jaws toward her family, unlike, you know, Anina, for instance. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I do like the way he handled it, even though he was trying to contain himself as well and really was able to verbalize that, he would miss her and that he's happy that they met and this is just really not going the way that they want to, but it went the way that we want it to. Yes, it absolutely, (laughs) absolutely it did. But I can obviously understand their disappointment, but you made me think of something when you were talking about Jocelyn's reaction, you made me remember the conversation between Dex and Joss at his his apartment when she was describing Spencer. And we all know how one describes Spencer. And then Dex looks at her and laughs, kind of accusing her of being the same. Yeah. (laughs) And so that makes me laugh because it it makes me honestly feel like that we will have like, again, bajillion years from now, that there will be a Spencer-Jocelyn marriage at some point down the line. I know I love okay so talking about like relationships and family connections and all of that I want to make a an edit to what we said last week which is we were thinking that potentially Dex would be um, a long lost son of let's say AJ's but I am throwing my hat in the ring saying Mm -hmm. that it is Ned's long lost son. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about that some more. So by the way, when we talk about like the fact that we have the ending we want, so basically they finally came to the conclusion that a way to be together was for Dex to stay working for Sunny. Yeah. (laughs) It took them a minute, but they got there. (laughs) They got there. So about Mel's prediction. So we were, I was listening to the edit last week and we started to recognize a lot of like in our last podcast, we've been talking a lot about um, Tracy Sunny. There's a Tracy Sunny link, right? And the yes. way that Tracy reacted to, to Dex, you know, being all annoyed. And I realized that when they were talking about um, Ned, they were comparing him to Edward, talking about how Edward was a philanderer. And then yes. Mel noticed something um, that they mentioned about Ned. I did. They were just talking about how he was, they were so similar and that he, you know, basically that he was a rock star and it was mentioned again by Brooklyn that, you know, he was a rock star. So I just think it's really interesting, the little nuggets that they're putting in about comparing him as well as bringing up his rock star life. 
because I think it would be interesting. Like, I think both would be. So just for funsies, even though I'm so unsure, um, I'm going to stick with AJ and you're going to be like team Ned had a baby with a super fan. <laughs> yes. Okay? And, and so there's also that possibility, right? Because we know how Tracy feels about like, everyone like Carly <laughs> like Sunny and especially how she feels like about the mob and Jason and all that stuff so I just thought that was interesting because we know how Dex feels about Sunny um we felt like this could be an interesting place for Tracy like let's see her go to bat for her family and going to bat for her family at this point in time would be going against Nina and we yes. talked about like, okay, this could be interesting because it could be a lot of very powerful family members on the same side. Again, kind of pointing to Tracy and Sunny. Um, and so I feel like this would be such a conflict. Like what if Dex is her grandson? Because think about the, that time that Jocelyn went on and on explaining Tracy to Dex. Yes. Why go on and on expl- explaining Tracy to Dex? Oh my gosh. If that may not be like his grandmother, like, would she have explained Tracy to Dex if he was simply AJ's? Because then it's like, oh, that's your great aunt. Would we really emphasize Tracy in this way? And even though she kind of explained who who um, Michael's father was, there's also the fact that like she kept talking about Michael and, and, and Ned being cousins, right? And that's because of AJ. Yes. So it's like that whole explanation might have thrown us off because the explanation might have been the how Ned is closely connected to like um, his cousins with uh, Michael's dad. It was all about, I think it might have been more about Ned. Oh, I got goosebumps. So yeah, so that's what we're thinking about the whole Dex thing that we might be kind of like, they're like, they're like, I don't know. They're tricking us. I don't know what it is. Okay. I don't have any answers. I just have more questions. And so we're going to see, and I think this could be really freaking interesting. I mean, either way, if Dex is a quarter main, he really does become untouchable to Sunny regardless. Well, that's exactly right. That's the only way that we agree that he can get out safely. Exactly. But will it be too late? Will he, will he and Joss have already drifted apart who knows oh man there's so much good stuff ahead okay so this is something that really gets me okay so i i don't know that i would keep going to people that like i don't get along with or have (laughs) zero relationship with to have deep conversations about Mm -hmm. life and nina has no qualms about like going up to drew someone she's turned into the sec to get advice and to talk about willow and Carly. She's, she's so fascinating because there's real world and then there's Nina's world, right? And Nina's <laughs> world, it's like she wears these like goggles. And like we said, you know, like she, Carly, she hates her, but she loves her and she wants her to be her friend, yeah. but she doesn't want her too close. Same with Drew. Everybody on the peripheral of who loves Willow, she has this weird way of being able to separate the two and put on her Nina glasses and just go forth into the world. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I can't begin to understand um, any of that, you know, in terms of how Nina functions. But Mm -hmm. one thing that struck her was when Drew told her that starting fresh is not an option. Yes. And when she starts to talk to Drew about this promise she made to Willow, right? When she Mm -hmm. kind of focuses on that part. This is the thing that kills me. I'm like, does she not realize that she could accomplish this goal by literally doing nothing? (laughs) 
like That's the second time doing nothing would have saved her with willow when she put up boundaries and in this request yeah but she can't like no matter how many times people <laughs> tell her to like wait or let the dust settle and i feel like poor ava is having this conversation with nina and now she's having mm-hmm. it with portia mm-hmm. and and so like when she's sitting there like racking her brain like how do i deliver <laughs> on this promise i'm like literally nothing like it, this does not even require you to take an action it doesn't even require her to go to carly or even actually make peace with Ca- carly it literally just requires her to say and do nothing even when carly's around i totally agree and i love what drew said to her like there's no quick fix mm-hmm. you know if you're looking for the like this is not long term if you just want to put a band-aid on things you have to be willing to work and acknowledge your mistakes and it's so oh it's so delicious watching those scenes because she's like yeah she's like nodding and she's like okay I'm pretending to be this human who understands real life and real human interaction so you see her but you know you know it's like literally just bouncing off and floating into space well not really she's interpreting it her way when he's like you got to own your mistakes because that's one thing she thinks she's done she's like (laughs) i've owned it thousands of times i've literally listed to everyone all of the horrible things i've done have i apologized no i just tell people these are the things that i've done and why isn't everyone happy with this and the thing that gets me in all of this is like she freaks out like she freaks out about this to drew and then again later with carly but she freaks said and goes oh my gosh you actually think Carly will never forgive me and then it was like you don't know unless you try and I was like what (laughs) like like there's a possibility things won't go my way or I can't command everything but I just once again whether or not Carly forgives her like completely irrelevant to keeping the promise to Willow you don't have to be best friends with Carly, but I feel like when Willow talks to, to Nina and says, I just need you to not antagonize Carly, mm-hmm. Nina's like, okay, so I've actually been trying to do this for a long time to be her best friend. So what I heard was, <laughs> you want me to go out there and be her best friend. And if she's not my best friend, I think I'm going to die and it's going to be the worst and I don't think I can function. Like, it's just so strange what Nina understands as, let's say, winning and not winning. And what really floored me when I saw her lurking through another door window was that she was at the kitchen entrance of Carly's home. And I could not for the life of me understand. I'm like, how did she bypass security? Okay. It was so jarring. I had to rewind a couple of times to hear that initial phrase. It was like, okay, they had a phone call. Carly did invite her over. Like I would have loved to hear that phone call and how that came to be before she was actually standing in Carly's freaking kitchen. Mel, I literally watched the previews because like General Hospital <laughs> themselves posted like what I think a preview for the week. Yes. And I must have watched it repeatedly because I'm like, that looks like Carly's kitchen. And I was yes. watching over. I'm like, is that her kitchen? Is she is she in her, why is she in her kitchen? And then when I was watching the Nina Drew scenes, I was looking at the background. I'm like, maybe it could be this. And I'm like, nope, it's Carly's kitchen. How? How? Like it did not make sense that it didn't compute. And the way I've understood this is that Carly actually gave a crap about the unfinished conversation and my interpretation is that Carly actually 
reached out to her to finish the conversation and invited her to her home and then offered her wine. Wine, wine. I was freaking out because like, I'm like, wow, Carly is like super calm. I would have needed a sedative. Like she just was super chill and she was very in control. And you could see that she's comfortable in her home, but completely jarring, completely threw me off. But she was so annoyed about, like, she offered her wine and walks away from her and her face is all annoyed. But I'm like, this is, this is a lot to have invited Nina to -hmm. give her space to finish saying what she (laughs) wanted to say and offer her wine is freaking huge. Like, the fact that, that Nina got that invite, this, this is what I mean. Like, she, she has no concept of gray. It's black or white. Like, she has no ability to be like, wow. Like, Carly invited me over. Like, we're going to have a conversation. I mean, if you guys are mortal enemies, this is huge that you guys are, like, agreeing to meet and to talk. It's <laughs> huge. Would constitute a win. And Nina is ready. She took Sam's advice, and she's in apologize mode. She's in plead with Carly mode. It didn't feel overly rehearsed. Because it felt like this is something, I know you do like Curtis Diaries, but I feel like a Nina Diary would have been worth it in this moment because I feel like she would be at home researching, taking notes, practicing, editing. And then she's like, okay, I think this sounds human. And then she went. I mean, look, I I was feeling it, you know? She yeah. starts off and she came off really, really genuine. And there is no kicking someone when they're talking to you in this way because mm-hmm. that's the thing. She keeps being confused as to why over the past few months no one has been receptive (laughs) to listing her bad behaviors like no one has been receptive to this top 10 list that she's been (laughs) passing around and it's because none of it comes off genuine nobody is seeing any changes but in this moment it's like had you done that and she admitted she was lying to herself and she wasn't really being honest with herself but I was in, I was fascinated by uh, Carly's initial response to her was you talk about what you want from Willow, but not what you want for her. Yes. Oh, it was amazing. Those words hit like a slap. And I feel like Nina's expectations was that she was going to apologize and that once Carly heard this would be thrilled and then Carly would walk into the next room pick up a willow and hand it right to her and says, now you are the mother. Like, that's what I felt like she was, she was expecting. But I mean, look, there, there was going to be a conversation. I, I think like initially Nina was receptive to this back and forth where Carly was saying like, can you say the same? Can you say that you want her to be like happy and healthy? That you don't want anything from her, but you want things for her. And Nina mm-hmm. did sort of take that in and reluctantly said, you know, I want that for her, whether I'm in her life or not. It was hard for her to spit it out, yeah. but immediately was like, but of course I want to be. Yes. And and I feel like this scene is where we're seeing Nina kind of navigate what it would be like to be a part of her world. Being in Carly's kitchen, having an air quotes normal conversation, it lasted a lot longer than oh, I yeah. thought it would. And the words that she chose were were very careful and thoughtful. Like I was really in awe of how that kind of started out. And this is the longest we kind of see her stay in that mode until she does that yes. flip. Yes. Um, like not only Nina, but Carly too, because sometimes Carly, like when we saw her at Kelly's, like she went mm. for the jugular, kind yeah. of unprovoked in those moments. But this time she didn't kind of fall into that whole thing with Nina. She actually stuck to some good main points and constructive ones too. 
Same thing with Drew. Drew gave her constructive points. You cannot rush this. It's a process. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Like Nina's been fighting against reality from the beginning, which is what she admits, right? Like I actively made these choices and it was hard for me to kind of deal with the choices I made and easier to hate you is what she told Carly. But yes. she's not only pushed back against that reality, she's pushed back against the reality that whether or not Willow has time in this world to live, that it still takes time to build a relationship and it doesn't get fast forwarded just because time is limited or could be. Okay, so that being said, as much as I enjoyed this conversation, I was kind of hoping it would be a double apology. An apology for keeping a secret of Sunny, an apology for coming mm. back and, and creating that rift between everybody and this will apology. Now that you say it, I look back and I realize how careful this conversation was curated, right? It stuck Mm -hmm. solely on Willow and did not touch Sunny because I feel like that's sort of an apology that was required too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I do think that's the unfinished business, obviously. Yes. You know, um, so no, I do agree with you, but I think I guess given Nina one thing at a time. Yes, that's very true. She can't focus on two things, but this was interesting. So how quickly... Nina sort of goes from victim to like entitled in a flash like she this woman knows how to like ruin any progress like I find the fact that like these people that are really mad at you that you've actually turned into the SEC and could be going to jail are actually taking the time to sit there and talk to you and are actually giving you really helpful advice and that also kind of irks me I'm like stop using everyone as your therapist and go pay one yourself right and I feel that like the thing at the end, like when Carly, what I felt, what Carly offered was fear. Like this is what kind of bothers me. And it's the same thing between the Sunny uh, Michael conversation. Mm -hmm. We can talk about Willow all we want, but Willow needs to make these choices. Like Sunny, go, why don't you go talk to Willow? Okay. And in this situation, Carly offered to not get in the way, but what exactly was Nina expecting? Like that Carly was going to go and brainwash Willow. Like at the end of the day, it's kind of like with Portia. Portia wants everyone else. So Ava, Curtis, and Taggart to risk their relationship, trying to get someone to go against their own personal choices. And like Carly has a relationship with her and trying to push her to do something that doesn't feel right. Like it has to feel natural. Like she'll support and listen to Willow. But like when Carly offered that, like, I won't get in the way. And if she wants you in in her life, like, yes, I'll be there. And then Nina just flew off the handle, was so upset. Like at the end of the day, Carly can't hand you Willow. She cannot Mm -hmm. hand you that relationship. It is still something she actually has to earn with Willow. So it's so bizarre to me. It's kind of like she recognizes Carly was the mama. She just like how Carly, like how she got the hotel and got Sunny. It's like, it's kind of like she's walking up to Carly being like, can you now hand me Willow, please? Because that's how all the other stuff worked, right? I'm in your hotel. I'm also with your husband, your ex-husband. Can you now just give me Willow? And she doesn't realize that all Willow asked was to stop picking fights with Carly. That's it. That's all. Yeah, it's really interesting because I thought what Carly offered was a big deal because, yes, and it's it was. not. And but we already know though that Carly wouldn't stand in the way of Willow no. wanting a relationship. So that's the interesting part. Like Carly is authentically being herself and is doing what she's always been doing. But exactly that for Nina, she needs this big show of we're besties. We're going to braid each other's hair. Um, and exactly that Willow again becomes a thing to be acquired as opposed to a relationship that needs work 
time and energy. Yeah. And I think that like when I talked about pushing against reality, I think like no matter like she takes a few steps forward, like a few steps forward, and then she goes back to I want it now. Yeah. And then she gets angry. So that was one thing. And then on the other side of this, we had Michael and Sonny having their conversation. And I was just like, okay, what are you doing, Michael, with your phone? I was like, are you going to go to Sonny and talk about Dex? But he did not. No, he did not. And I was just, I wasn't impressed with Sonny. I wasn't impressed with his face. I wasn't impressed with what he said. Like we got a glimpse of that wonderful family man, you know, over the weeks it's been sprinkled in, but I just... Michael held his own and Sunny yeah. just did not. Okay, so the first thing I noticed about their conversation was that Sunny brought up, he referenced um, Avery. So yes. something about like, you always kind of do the right thing, you, you gave Avery back. But to me, that felt like an AJ reference. How so? Because he brought up Avery and the only reason Michael took Avery was because Sonny oh, shot right. AJ. That might yes. be reaching, but I felt that was an AJ reference. So I was going back and forth this week because I know we <laughs> talked about like, could it be Ned's? And I'm like, could Dex be AJ? So I go back and forth with that. So they start having a real conversation about what it would look like to be in each other's lives with the reality that that's a, that's, this is the part that I don't feel Sonny or Nina understand. Mm -hmm. Michael is reaching out, making peace, not wanting to create a problem, as he said, for his other family members. But how do we negotiate this, given that Willow does not want Nina in her life? Yes. Because Michael, too, will not stand in the way. Like, he, he's the one who's had to deal with, with Willow's new family, right? Yeah. When Willow is incapacitated or not around, Michael is the one that has to kind of sit with Nina as, you know, she's in surgery or doing whatever or having to talk with them. So, I mm -hmm. mean, no one is really standing in her way. It's This, this is Willow's choice. And so when they were kind of negotiating... This is the part I, I thought was strange. So Michael asked Sonny, can you like make sure that Nina doesn't push too much or whatever? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, I can't tell. It's not <laughs> my place to tell Nina, you know, what to do or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what? And I'm like, I don't understand. And I'm like, well, Sonny, can you do the same? Like, what are you talking about? Michael has never come between Nina and Willow. And I just flash back to when the amount, how, how many times has Sonny threatened him? And I also really enjoyed that, that like when, um, I don't remember when it was, but when Michael was contemplating talking to Sonny, having a flashback to the moments yes. where Sonny did threaten him. And I think it's important that we remember that, you know, um, that this was Sonny's choice of how to deal with his son. So Sonny has gotten gone back and forth. And in those moments when he lashes out at Michael, it really is kind of like because of Nina. Oh, it truly is. And it's amazing to me because we contrast this with Sonny and Carla's relationship where they can have conversations, difficult conversations. And yes, they never told each other what to do, but there was communication. He treats Nina like a kid, but at yes. the same time, he won't have this. Nobody can tell Nina. Yes, I understand. Like, act like this, be like this, but help her emotionally understand from you, Sonny, who she loves where this is coming from and why it would hold weight. Yes, because what Michael, Michael didn't say, tell Nina to back off and leave her alone. 
Mm -hmm. All Sunny, let's say, to do, and to be honest, it is to Nina's benefit because it would support her having a relationship with Willow. All Willow needs to see is Nina changing and acting in a different way, and I, that would go a long way with Willow, like, to be honest. Exactly. And so it would be to Nina's benefit if Sunny can be like, look, I know this is hard for you, but we have to make sure and be careful not to pressure Willow. Again, he can't control her. Maybe he knows that she's going to do <laughs> she's gonna do her thing. But at the same time, I, I flashed to, like, the amount of times that Sunny has gotten mad at Michael, kind of accusing him of getting in the way when he went to the quartermains to try to broker peace between willow and nina it's like i don't understand you have all this respect for nina's freedom of choice but none for willow and it's exactly. not like sunny doesn't have a relationship with willow and it's not like he can't go and talk to her so with having access to willow why do you keep choosing to run to michael like you two are lying to yourself because if you went to go talk to willow that would be the final line Right. And that would be yes. being confronted with reality because Willow would confront you with her reasons and the reality of who Nina is. But as long as you don't go to Willow and you go to Michael, you get to build this illusion that the relationship is possible. And it's all these people and players just getting in the way. It's it's a Michael. It's a Carly. And you can keep playing into that nonsense that there's wiggle room when, in fact, Willow, the, this whole decision is not a malicious one. It's Willow deciding what's right for her. And that's the thing that I feel like another truth that Sunny is avoiding. Oh, you're, you're bang on. Well said. And th this really got me. So when, like, when Michael kind of said, well, fine, like, if you're not going to, you know, pressure Nina, then you, something about, like, Sunny stopping to pressure him. And then mm -hmm. Sunny actually asked this question to Michael. Did you feel pressured? <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you kidding me? Oh, la, la. And so what was odd to me was that they hashed this out, right? They decided, like, basically, I don't know, the same reality that it's been, but it's just been formalized. We're going to continue to be around each other, but there will be this gaping hole in our family uh, brought to you by Nina. And <laughs> so even though they came to this agreement of, of everything, and he says, I'll be at the hospital, he says something odd to Michael at the end. He says, um, but we don't want to be kept from our family. And I'm like, but isn't this what your whole conversation was about? You literally just talked about what's possible, given the reality. And now you're back to me versus them. We don't want to be kept from our family. What? You are not being kept from your family. And that's when I'm like, that's why Nina and Sunny are meant for each other in this moment. The time will change, but the way they act like children when Michael and Carly are handing them so many great opportunities to change their life. It amazes me that Carly and Michael were able to hold their own and just mm -hmm. say what they needed to say and move on. I just can't wait for this SEC thing to come out. And I'm kind of curious as <gasps> to like when that would happen. And I'm starting to think maybe as soon as like Nina makes some headway. Okay. Just because you're talking about that, I absolutely died. And I think you did too, because I felt like you were right beside me. When Nina legitimately said it out loud in the kitchen as she walked out the door. Yeah, I was like, Carly, do you not hear this? Because she said it pretty <laughs> out loud. Oh, now I'm not sorry about turning you into the SCC. It was me. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's how she gets caught? That would have been the best. Like, seriously, so funny. Oh, man, I, I would have. Well, then it would have made sense as to why she was in Carly's kitchen. So she could throw a <laughs> bunch of things at her and not be immediately having this whole thing broken up by the cops or security. <laughs> but no, I, I really do look forward to those moments when when the truth comes out. Um, what did you think about Sasha? What did you think was going to go down? 
Oh man, I was so um, frustrated. You know, like when your your skin's crawling because you're just so angry, or your skin's on fire because you're so angry. Because yeah. I was so proud of Sasha and how far she's come, and we knew the direction was going in the sense of like gaining her independence, keep on building all that confidence and her progress that she's made in her really kind of messed up journey. And the fact it was really soapy, kind of really old school soapy, and a nod to that really being conniving. But I'm really glad she was able to um, realize what was going on. And obviously my favorite part was Cody. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's where I thought of you. Um, But when that was happening and Sasha went um, live, I honestly thought Sasha had some kind of a plan that that she had figured something out because I think they knew that they were kind of working against her. I am really happy about the way things turned out and Cody just showing up there just like that and threatening to streak. And I'm like, wow, you know a lot about TV and fines and stuff. And, and how cool the producer is Jeannie Francis's daughter. So Laura's real life daughter. So cool when you sent me that post. I love getting these little tidbits. Amazing. So I love that. So what I did notice, though, is like Brooklyn and Cody are like the same human. How so? Well, they're both screw-ups, but with really (laughs) hard. You know what I mean? And he did a kind thing and then scurried off. He really did, though. But I love that she caught him putting on his boots. Like, why would you need to be putting on your boots? (laughs) It's so random, right? So, I mean, look, obviously they're keeping Cody quite close to Sasha, and I think Sasha will ultimately be Cody's redeeming quality, particularly when I finally caught on to, like, what new mess he's gotten into. So when he went to Scott for some legal help, and then later on, Scott agrees, and then I'm like, what is happening? And then he's trying to get him to sue the WSB, and then they bring out the necklace again. I'm like, oh, right, Cody wanted the necklace, lost the necklace, it didn't belong to him, and and now he has a chance for it again. Me completely forgetting <laughs> that he's back son and has no right to the necklace. <laughs> and so then when it took me a minute when I realized, oh, right, this all hinged on him being, him being that guy's son, which he is not, so there's that problem. I know. And it's like, how far are they going to push this? Because exactly that he's supposed to be redeeming himself and making better choices. But how far is this going to go? Like he signs an affidavit. So does he have to get a blood test? Like, but the guy's dead. Like what happens? (laughs) No, like basically Scott said an affidavit. So basically just, you know, lying under oath, if you will. And he didn't do it yet. So who knows? That's the thing. Like he's trying, he's trying to prove his innocence. It really matters to him to gain Sasha's trust and to make things up to her. So it's hard to know if he'll like have to end up confessing or whatnot. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're talking about Cody I'm thinking of of the Savoy and I'm and then I was what did you think mm-hmm. I just didn't want to know um what did you think when when Selena told Gladys like oh you can't pay there are other ways to pay what what did you what were you thinking I don't know. I was really scared. I'm like, she wanted to murder somebody. <laughs> I went dark. <laughs> okay, so I went stupid and inappropriate. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, is Selena gonna pimp her out? As oh child? my god, you're so funny. You're so I was freaking like, oh funny. Oh my gosh, what mess has Gladys gotten into now? <laughs> and and then it was the whole funny thing. And even I was like, Selena. I know. I was Selena, really thrown off. I did not. Do you honestly think that Sonny's talking business in like a four block radius of Gladys, to be honest? Right? I 
yeah, I, I wasn't sure about that move. Like, I get the desperation, and ultimately mm-hmm. it's a threat, and she's basically saying, well, if he doesn't talk around you, then I do expect you to bring me something. So, obviously, Gladys is going to start being weird there. With but it, it was almost like Selena was just having a good time this week. Like between the, think? Between, it's like, mob life is getting a little too serious, and she needed to lighten things up. So, between that conversation with Gladys, which truly made me giggle... And the conversation with Curtis and tampering with the DNA test. I'm like, this lady's just having a good time. <laughs> you know what? I would rather go there because I'm like, it makes no sense. Like, Gladys is not <laughs> useful in that way. Um, but, and, and honestly, Selena's clearly not afraid of Sunny to be messing with his cousin no. in this way. Oh, right? so that, that also kind of makes me laugh. But her convo with Curtis, I was like, <laughs> how does she know all? She knows about the WSB. Yeah. I was like, okay, what's happening? <gasps> what? No, it's just making me giggle because I know we said last time that Sunny potentially has connections and like a country's coming after him. But like, I don't really believe that. But Selena <laughs> has like legit connections of the WSB, you know? I think so too. And so I didn't know what to, to make of this, right? Because Curtis gets the WSB offer. Mm-hmm. And then now Selena knows about it. And then later we find out that Mac has his eye on the Savoy. Mm-hmm. So we both know that the Scorpio brothers are after the Savoy for <laughs> two different personal reasons. Mac's mm-hmm. pursuing this because of Cody. However, he's done it in a less um, <laughs> unhinged way. So it looks yes. legit, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, Robert's like, I'm going after the Savoy because Holly was there. Oh and gosh. Selena's a patron. And she's just <laughs> like, what are you talking about? She's a client there. And that's the thing. It's like, if I knew that somebody like frequented a specific club, I'm going to go in the daytime and just expect them to be there when it's closed just because they like to go at nighttime. Because everybody leaves their doors unlocked. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll tell you this. Johnny had an issue with the fact that Curtis invoiced her. And he was like losing it. I'm like, what's happening? He was like gesturing next to me. He's like, did, did Curtis just give her the bill and then walk away? Who's she going to pay it to? Who's there to take this payment? And he was going on and on about the payment. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe she'll pay him later with an envelope. I don't know. But he was just like freaking out. But then I realized, yeah, he has a point. Like Curtis is all like, Selena, I'm in charge. And he keeps trying to be in charge when she keeps saying like, you're not okay and reminding him what his place is but then he's like fine but he goes to the hospital leaves the door unlocked your this is your business like man this is your like livelihood and he just leaves it open nika's like hey guys what on earth is happening why is the door unlocked why are you all in here and like selena's getting visitors but like i love they addressed it that the door was unlocked and why the heck are you here wasn't like this just another normal happening in a weird soap opera setting. I know. It, it's just the boss, you know, that he tends to do that sometimes. Leaves his entire business unattended. <laughs> Meanwhile, when he first started, he had to be afraid that he'd be approached by the mob. But now he just feels like, whatever. The mob's watching me. It's all good. Yeah, I guess so. Shalini's in there. Nothing bad's going to happen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Curtis, Curtis, Curtis. And so, yeah, the whole oh, that kind of threw me. So I thought initially with the previews, with the whole DNA test, that she would offer to make it his kid but then it was weird she was like but you like adventure do you really want to be tied down and I was like oh well that's I was like okay and then I'm like okay so this is interesting then will Curtis like 
not want to be, because that would make more sense, you know, make the test to not be the biological dad. But then I'm thinking, if you mess with the test, how are you any different than every single woman in your life that you keep being like, they lie, they lie. But that's the point, right? And that's why I was like, no, he's never going to do it. But Curtis in the gray zone is, it kind of makes him interesting at this point. I don't know if he knows what zone he's in. Uh, (laughs) Like, when you say he's in the gray zone, I'm like, Curtis just thinks he's always right and everyone else is wrong. So he does go to the hospital. He gets the test. And then he starts freaking out when he sees that he could be breaking up, like, a family. And I'm like, okay. But I thought this whole thing was about knowing the truth. Like, it's not just about you, Curtis. Like, Like, Trina wants to know. Like, that was the whole point. You didn't rush her. Trina came to this conclusion herself. This is about the fact that she wants to know. And that's the hard part, right? It's like Nina not seeing the bigger picture or understanding what it is to be a parent. Because family doesn't necessarily mean this black and white thing. It is having two people in her life that love her, support her, and want to commit to this life of being a family. It's a choice. Yes, like not seeing the big picture. And I mean, Jordan showed up to to kind of I can't, I can't, point I can't. out to she she came and she kind of mm-hmm. set Curtis straight, you know, like he was so being dramatic, like, oh my gosh, am I ruining this? It's my fault. She's like, no, there's other factors. It's not all <laughs> about you, Curtis. But then things sort of took a turn. And I was like, what is happening? So they're there, they're having a talk. Then she's, the moment she said, like, and there's people that are there for you. I'm like, Jordan, Jordan, why are you talking like that? Jordan, what, why, what's your hand doing there? I'm like, you know, Portia's brother's coming back to town. You don't have to do this. There are other men out there. Oh my God. I was screaming at the TV because like, I, I couldn't handle it. I was like, is this like a dream sequence? This can't be real. Like I need my respect for Jordan to stay intact. So I'm really still thrown off, but I I noticed an interesting thing, like fashion-wise and all of this, so maybe you can help me break it down. So Portia was wearing her bright orange all week, which is fire, right? She's she's touching fire. Things are going to go on fire. Things are not good. Her makeup, like it wasn't even just her clothes, her eyeshadow, her lipstick, everything was that bright fire orange, like the depths, the middle of the fire. Jordan only had a blazer with fire. So she's just, she's just testing it. You know, when a kid like goes for the stove, but then they got burnt. So I feel like that was her kiss to Curtis. Like, ah, I got burnt. And then she got back away. And then you have Curtis dressed in blue and you have Trina in blue and then you have Taggart in black. So, so fashion wise, well, for me, it means Curtis is actually her dad. Is he going to make the right yeah. choice or not? Um, Taggart dressed in black, he's grounded and he's always going to be there for her. He's a constant, he's a classic. Yes. Black never goes away, the classic black dress. Ooh, like he's never just, goes out of style, yes. Right, so he's always going to be present. But I just found it very interesting, the overall Porsche look and the half of Jordan and how they all fit together in this grand old big family situation. Oh, that is good. That is really good. Um, but it's Curtis I have a problem with. Um, he's okay, so he's he's still married. Like just because yeah. you're mad, it doesn't create this timeout sitch, you know? Like every time you're mad, it doesn't mean okay, you can do this. Kind of like Spencer's Ugh. logic. Well, if Esme is distracted for a minute, she might give away her child. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't even handle that. He's so terrible. He's like he like looked out for her and like saved her and he's like totally growing. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh, 
I just couldn't with this because it's like he like he's off the boat and he's acting completely. He's off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Like on mm-hmm. the boat, there was danger zone, right? And he's like, my brother, my brother. So it makes sense for him to be frantic in relationship to his brother. But now that he's off the boat and he's in the hospital, he just sounds like a jerk. And he sounds like not great. And I just feel for Trina because it's like, it's too late. You know, she's in love with him. And now it's like, he's saying all these stupid things and it's like too late. You're in too deep and it sucks. You find out someone's dumb and you're just there and in love having to listen to all their stupid things that they're saying. Oh my God, I was dying because I can't remember if Trina was close enough to hear what he was saying, but he's trying to tone it down with the insult. So his big insult this week to Esme is like, hashtag neighbors for life. I know, I know. I was like, and it doesn't help with the whole Portia thing, right? And he sounds crazy. He sounds insane because Esme's like, you do you, but if I get to move and do what I want in my life, that's fine. If you want to be a brother, by all means, be his brother and you can babysit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you are wasting so much energy, Spencer. All you need to do is build a relationship with her so she stays and just build a relationship with your brother. Like enough already. It's just completely insane. And I mean, Trina tried to say her piece. She just sort of said like she feels for Esme regardless of the past. And the other thing too, is just like, he's, he's like, there's certain things about Spencer that she doesn't like. She doesn't like it when he's entitled or privileged. But then he comes to the hospital and he's like, do you know who she is? And he immediately acts like Spencer. Yes. I hated it. And look, with Portia, she's just driving me nuts. Because it's like, how many people... Like, I, I just don't like that she's walking around to all these people, basically asking them to compromise their relationship to Trina. I, I really... That part was a lot for me um her asking them to do that because everyone has a point like at the end of the day nobody likes it but they all know that they're gonna lose trina if they push and while it sucks you know ava's advice the best thing to do is simply to let this go but portia has a plan do you have any idea what it could be i really thought ava's words would impact her far more because she knows how far ava has come and what she's been through so it was really kind of disappointing and the reality is what we've seen of Spencer this week all you have to do is give him a little time and he will sadly crash and burn before he gets back on the horse and tries again and Portia's plan like okay this is what I'm thinking because it's very soapy like she's gonna try to find a way to either pay somebody like another woman Mm -hmm. to get involved in the situation to get Spencer to try to like cheat on Trina or something like that like I went old school soapy I I was just thinking that maybe she would try to make him get together with Esme, but I don't understand how she would have any influence. But that's what I was thinking. Okay, me too. But exactly that. I'm like, how on earth would that happen unless she drugs them both because she's a doctor? But you know how you said, yeah, that's true. She has access to drugs. That could be it. Yeah, that definitely could be a part of it. It makes me think of like Lola because when she has her play purse, she has like a pretend (laughs) pill and a syringe and like her lipstick and a phone. And I'm like, you are ready to be a villain in the soap. Exactly. She's super soapy. Love it. Oh my gosh. But the thing is, like you said, like you thought that Ava would get to be clear. Yeah. These these are toys. Did we clarify that? Toys. Yeah, these are toys. These are my daughter's toys. Toys. (laughs) (laughs) Not a real syringe. Her doctor kit. Um, (laughs) and, And so, um, I think with Portia, when you said, like, you thought she would hear Ava, because the thing is, she also t- tries to talk to um, Curtis, because we realize Portia is no different than Spencer. Spencer is tunnel vision when it comes to Esme, as Portia is tunnel vision when it comes to Spencer. Yes. 
Um, I was thinking this though about Curtis. I didn't know what to make of this about Curtis and Jordan because the Curtis and Jordan kiss happened right after the Holly and Robert goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if one was meant to be like a foreshadowing of the other. Like with Robert and Holly, the whole idea is that like they live on different sides of the law. So this whole love triangle um, is over. It was a week's worth of uh, drama <laughs> and intrigue on this. Um, I love the, I mean, it was funny, like just everyone's reaction to Holly wanting to speak to Diane or Diane requesting. I don't remember. Diane, uh, yes. I love the my, my favorite thing that came out of that conversation was the question uh, was a statement that Diane made that I really enjoyed. She says, "Has the universe really been working overtime to keep you and Robert apart?" It was so good. Like she wasn't blurry in the sense that it was annoying or frustrating. She asked really important questions that made Holly think that it's not just about having goo goo love eyes. But I, I love that statement, though, because there's so many people that are like, it's just not the right time. Or, like, or you're just not the right people for each other. And, <laughs> and so I like that. And I also liked when she said, what would make you think it's different this time? And Holly was like, there are no obstacles. There is an obstacle. It's the law. I was like, well, that <laughs> was a quick, a quick thing right there. And then um, what I thought was funny, like today, you know, like, that conversation happened. She's like, I love him. Like there's strong feelings there. And literally two seconds later, Holly's like, look, I'll always love you. I'll always be me. You'll always be you. Goodbye. I was like, that's a lot of always is. We'll always be like this. It was, it was interesting because it's a very different version of Carly and Sunny where they can love and support each other without the in love part. Yes. Well, her, she just doesn't stay, right? <laughs> if I can't have what I need, I'm not going to stay. And, like, out of nowhere, she needs to go get funds to save Ethan. Like, he got in trouble the minute he landed, apparently. Um, so that's her cue to kind of, like, exit for the time being. But I kind of wondered. I'm like, well, is there something here at play for Curtis and Jordan in the sense that, you know, he's not on the same side as the law right now, and that's what Jordan has suspected. But now he has the WSB offer, so he could be on the other side of the law. And then I wondered, is the WSB kind of a way to get out from Selena's thumb or not? I don't know. Ooh, those are a lot of really good questions, but I genuinely think it just, it boils down to, they can have feelings. (laughs) He's married, yes, but they have, not even unresolved feelings. Yes, just because you have lingering love feelings does not mean you act on them does not mean you need to be together it's just lingering feelings that you deal with and you move on I mean look I think it's like unfinished ending basically they never really got to have an ending it was never like it was more just Curtis got mad and that was it it was just one big emotion and then he started over with someone else and was ready to give that person liberties he didn't kind of give um Jordan very true so we shall see what happens there because that complicates thing. You know, Curtis has a lot of opinions about honesty and I wonder how much honesty he'll give Portia about that moment. And I really hope that moment was not a hallucination. I know. Okay. Well, now that we've talked about all this stuff, yes, no hallucination. So, <laughs> so this kind of surprised me, Alexis this week. So her conversation, so a few things. She has a conversation with Felicia and she actually expresses things with the invader didn't kind of work out the way that she thought it would like the vision is not what she wanted and to me I was like okay finally right because we're all like Mm -hmm. the paper is not what you said it would be you said it would be like journalism and you're being like a vulture with like everyone and every story it was the first time in a long time 
that Alexis was back to being real level-headed Alexis. Yeah, and I know I'm noticing like they're pulling her more in with the family, right? They've pulled her more. There's been quite a few like Laura Alexis scenes, but now kind of actively working together to support Esme. Which I absolutely love. I honestly didn't know where that was going to go, but I'm really happy with how that's good. And I want to see scenes of Esme working and bumbling with like line one and line two. Like I want to see a little bit of that as well. I mean, it's not the same at all, but it's very reminiscent of like giving a troubled young woman a chance, right? Nell was a receptionist for Nina. Oh yeah, totally made me think of that. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but also I'm kind of looking forward to what this will mean for Alexis. Will it be a little less, uh, you know, with her and Esme, as opposed to like her and Gregory? Like I couldn't stand that conversation with her and Sam. She's like, but how am I supposed to help him if he's not calling me, telling me all the things that he wants? How do I help him? Like, how about you don't? Okay. How about you help when someone asks you for it? Right. And I love how Sam has to be like, well, you can like reach out to someone without being invasive. It's like, how? How do you do that? <laughs> like, how do you say hello with, without demanding someone tell you all their intimate secrets? Oh, my word, right? Oh, man. So that's a trip for Sam, you know, like in a week. Was it this week or last week? That what happened? I don't, I don't remember. I just think it's a lot that Sam has had to have a conversation with Nina and her mother, basically. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Nina was last week. This week, it was her mother trying to teach her how to be a human. She's out in the world teaching these women how to be a human being and navigate difficult situations. So, speaking of difficult situations, Molly found out she can't have a baby. <sighs> that that was tough because they, they're just such a lovely couple and they're really kind of hitting home with those scenes And a lot of people deal with those real-life situations. And GH is really good at navigating the mob world, ELQ, but weaving in, you know, truly touching real-life moments. Well, for me, I think it just has another, like, part of being really special, mostly because this is, like, a journey that Kristen Storms has gone through herself. And so I think it's kind of cool knowing that um, she's had endometriosis and they're actually doing a storyline about it. So I think that's kind of cool knowing that that actress has been open about experiencing that. Okay, we covered Monday to Thursday. Let's throw out some stars. And if you have any favorite lines. So a lot of my favorite moments came from Anna Valentine Robert. <laughs> yes. Um, so those are really funny. I just basically liked, um, when Valentine, cause like, they're just being really sarcastic to each other. So kind of like when Valentine says, sometimes I save her, she saves me, we're trapped together. We like to mix it up a little bit. Um, and when Robert tells Valentine how he likes his pasta, <laughs> he's like, I have no idea why we need to know that. So I kind of love the sarcasm and the quick wit that comes from Valentine and even Anna, actually, the way that she poked fun at Robert and even Robert saying something like, first, I need to choose the woman when she said, like, that's what you would do for the woman you love. Yes, I love the three of them together. But no matter what situation Anna and Valentine are in, they bring that sexiness and that fire, like I'm giving them a sexy star. They totally deserve a sexy star. And also just one more funny favorite line was when, um, like, I mean, it looks like um, Anna was pro-Diane because she says you likely won't need to prosecute her in the next few months. I know. <laughs> I love it. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So my favorite line is when Holly and Felicia are talking and she's like, I should become a criminal. They have very flexible schedules. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love that line. <laughs> and apart from that, you know, just throwing stars to, you know, Michael first patients, uh, the Carly Nina scene. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Well, a Sasha Cody for his, um, saving her with almost nakedness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who else. Who else? Diane. Diane of and course. Holly's scenes for sure. Trina. Um, oh, oh, Trina. And also like uh, Mac when he goes to Felicia, you, it's, you wouldn't keep this from me, would you? And I'm like, oh my God, keep eating mm-hmm. that. There's so many things she can't tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. We did it. We covered the days. We'll chat again real soon. Have a fantastic evening. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.